Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Shocking, isn't it? I develop leaders and sales professionals all across the globe. I help them to tap into and achieve their true potential every day. I'm a business writer, speaker, and now host for this podcast, Shock Your Potential. Come on and join me. Let's learn and laugh together. Welcome to another episode of Shock Your Potential, the business podcast that focuses on excellence in leadership, sales, and the customer experience. And if you've been following for a while, you know that I like to have a variety of guests on uh, the show, not only to emphasize different elements of leadership, sales, and customer experience, but also to make us aware of different kind of businesses and organizations that are out there. So today I have a very, very fun uh, guest with me, and I know you all are probably laughing because I say something wonderful about every guest I have because each person has really given me something to think about or uh, already a product or service that I value of them, and that is the case today. I want to introduce you to someone that I've had the pleasure of working with and uh, have her tell you a little about her business, which is very, very unique. But I'm going to first introduce her as Gina, the fashionista. And Gina, welcome to uh, the show today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you. Gina, tell everybody what you do for a living. So what I do is I am a personal shopper and my main focus is working with mainly women on updating their wardrobes and their closets so that they are able to function every day and feel that they look their best and feel their best. So a personal shopper. Now, I know how you and I met and how we kind of work together, but for someone who's never used a personal shopper before, you know, what does that mean to help them to look and feel their best every day? How do you go about doing that? The way I go about my way is I like to make it as simple and carefree as possible for my clients and pick out things previously for them. So when they show up, everything is ready to go in the fitting rooms. When I go to their house, I'm able to just go in, look at what they have, get an idea of what they need and what they need to get rid of, what their style is, and make it so that when I'm able to get them clothes without them spending hours roaming around a store or just trying on a lot of things that don't fit right, I make it so that when they go into a fitting room, they're able to try on only a handful of things and walk out with most of those things feeling confident. Gina, so tell me, you know, what does it really mean to be a personal shopper? What, what, is, what is it that you do for people? Um, basically what I do for people is I pick out clothes for them so that they don't have to do it. All right. So you help them figure out how to dress themselves. (laughs) Yes. I'm able to do what they are unable to either because they don't have the time or just because it is not their specific niche. Yeah. And I think that's, I know that that's how I found you is I'd never worked with a personal shopper. I think the closest that I ever got was actually, you know, having someone who was a, you know, really great uh, salesperson in, you know, Nordstrom or, you know, another store like that where somebody really helped me to find uh, different clothing items, but only when I'm there. But I found you because I wanted to, you know, have somebody really kind of help me make some determinations about style and where I was going with what I wear when I'm doing speaking presentations. So I kind of found you through happenstance, but you know, that's, that's a little bit of my thing. You know, how do most people 
when most people come to you, you know, what are they searching for? Are they searching more for, I need a complete overhaul or are they coming because, hey, I really need the special outfit or a little bit of mix of everything? I have a handful of clients that come to me for a special occasion and for one or two events, an interview, things like that. But the majority of my clients do come to me because they either have had weight gain or a new job or they have to go on a vacation, whatever it is in their life, they need a complete update in their wardrobe. They have to get a whole new set of things. And a lot of them on top of that need to completely update their closet. And that includes me going through and cleaning things out and organizing that. So when you when you take a look at somebody's, you know, closet, what kind of things do you learn about them when you, you know, besides and don't say that I know that people like me, like Michael Sherlock, have a messy closet. So you don't need to tell me. Of course, I just told everybody that. But, you know, what kind of things do you learn about people by just learning, you know, what's hanging in their closets? Well, to be perfectly honest, I don't even look at if someone is messy or clean. That's not even what I look for. I mostly Thank goodness. I, really, I appreciate that I, very much. <laughs> I, I am not a judgmental person at all. Um, I really just go to look at what their style is. So I go to look at what they tend to go towards. Everyone tends to go towards a certain look, certain colors, certain things. Some people like to go towards certain materials such as silk or cotton and other people like to go towards certain cuts, like a V-neck or round neck or a turtleneck. Everyone's different. And when I go into their closet, I'm able to see what they go towards automatically and what they're comfortable with. Well, and I, I think that's, you know, what we found is, is you know, from what I was experiencing, and I, it's probably time to do some, some things again, so it's probably time to, uh, to have you back. But, you know, my experience with you was really kind of an eye-opening experience of having, having being, being able to tell you what I was looking for, you know, in terms of what my style was, but also having you pick things that I wouldn't normally pick for myself. And that's, you know, it's daunting at times, but it was really fun because many of those things you found were, I would not have picked them out, but when I put them on, they exactly match my need. So, you know, how do you, how do you find that? What's, what's your skill set to do that? Well, I really look at my clients and what their specific style is. And what I try to do is take something that I know they would be already comfortable in and make sure I pick something out that I know would be still in their comfort zone, but would just look more attractive on them, but it's still something that they would go towards if they knew it would look good, but I know they wouldn't pick it out themselves. So I like to go towards things that I know would look good on them. That is their style. That is maybe just like a step up from what they normally would pick out. They just have never thought about it before. Absolutely. So then tell me, when you think about this, what what kind of experience are you trying to strive for with one of your customers? How do you like to shock them in terms of giving them a great overall experience? My ultimate goal is to make my clients feel very comfortable with me, to make them feel like they're talking to a friend and that they can be completely honest with me and themselves and not feel like they're judged or that they, you know, have to be scared to show me something or tell me something or be edited in any way. And I want them to just be completely honest with everything and 
tell me if they don't like something, if they want me to pick something else out, whatever it is, I want them to be completely happy with what I pick out for them. And if they don't like something, I tell them right away, let me know. I'll go pick out something else and we'll make sure you leave with everything you want. Beautiful. Now, this is kind of a a random question, but, you know, one of the things that I know we've talked about is, you know, kind of how you um, set up your fee structure and it's different than maybe other kinds of personal shoppers do. Can you explain a little bit about, you know, what your fee structure looks like in terms of how you charge people, not necessarily what you charge, but how you charge and, and, you know, why that's important to how you deliver customer service? Most personal shoppers, the way they work is they will charge hourly, which is expected in most service industries. They will charge, you know, let's say $100 or $150 per hour for not only the service they provide, but the travel time, things like that. And that all gets added up towards the final bill. Um, I like to charge a flat fee for whatever service I'm providing, and that includes whatever travel time. I will travel within a hundred miles of my area. So I will drive about an hour and a half, give or take to my clients' houses. And then I will make them come to the King of Prussia mall because it's the biggest mall. So I will go out to them, but they have to come to me for the shopping experience. But I will make sure that they do not get charged with thousands and thousands of dollars unexpectedly because something goes a little bit longer than they expect it or a sales associate takes longer than we expected it to. I don't like that for them to feel like they're getting charged extra for something that's beyond their Mm -hmm. control. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's fair personally. So I like to charge flat fees so that no one feels pressured and no one feels like I'm taking advantage of them. I like them to know flat out what they're giving me and what they're getting from me. And that's important to me. Well, and I thought that was interesting because, you know, I, without ever working with a personal shopper before, I really had no idea how that happened. And frankly, I think I even told you the day that we were together that I was um, kind of expecting that there'd even be a, that you'd have a commission on the sale somewhere. And that, that was not the case at all. But in fact, you actually ended up getting me uh, an extra couple discounts um, where we ended up buying the variety of the stuff because we didn't need to go anywhere that one store, even though you had things in other stores waiting for me. Uh, so how do, you, how do you make this happen? Talk a little bit. I mean, I know the answer, but talk a little bit about you know, your connections and why you have this ability to do this, especially in that environment, for instance, in uh, the King of Prussia Mall. Well, I have worked over 10 years in the industry and I've worked um, majorly with all the major department stores. So I know all the people within the stores and it makes it very easy for me to be able to uh, have people put things on hold for me, to be able to get me to really use the fitting rooms and do things like that and almost work with the stores like I still work there, even though I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it very convenient. And because I have worked in department stores, I can service my clients and not have to wait for an associate to do things for me. So you saw in firsthand when I was in the fitting room with you, and let's say you needed a different size, I'm very visual and I know how things work in the stores. I'm able to go back out on the floor, get you a different size, and come right back within a few minutes and not wait for sales associates to take 10 minutes to do that. I can do it myself. Absolutely. And it's a very, and they seem very comfortable to have you in there as well. Yes. And that's because I have worked there. I've put in the time, I've put in my dues. And so I'm able to do that. Yeah. I like that very much. So, um, 
you know, we have a lot of listeners and as the podcast has launched over the last couple of weeks, it's been interesting to uh, see where all my listeners are coming from. So I have them broken down by where they are in the US and where they are in the world. I actually have a, a number of listeners so far from France and Morocco and Canada and somewhere else that I can't tell you off the top of my head. But, <laughs> but I bet you um, I have a lot of people that have never worked with a personal shopper before, and it might seem a little daunting. So, you know, if we've got somebody who's sitting in Omaha, Nebraska, or you have somebody who's sitting in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and they think, well, gosh, that might be something I want to do. And I don't have Gina in my backyard because I don't live in Philadelphia. How, right. do, how does somebody even go about finding a personal shopper? I would tell someone to honestly just do a general search, whether it be on Google or LinkedIn or any of type of local uh, website for a top rated in your area, anything like that, to be able to search for who is the best in the area, anything that would show up for the options near you. And Whoever shows up, I would go and look at everyone's website, which is usually what you would find, and look to see who seems to fit your ideas of what you want and who seems that you would be the most comfortable with. And then pick the person that you think would match what you want and start the process off by contacting them and see if they have the same ideas as you and that they would feel comfortable giving you what you're looking for. Gotcha. So then in most cases, are people going to have the information on their websites about pricing and how to operate? Because, you know, I think those are some really good questions, but maybe not always the easiest for people to ask. Well, I think some people do. And then some people make it more vague. They say the whole, oh, it's a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars per hour, or it can range from $500 and it's for a certain amount of hours and then other hours can add more. So that is why I say that I like to make a flat fee because along the, a lot of these websites, it'll show this is the price, but then if you add more time, it's more money. So there's a lot of hidden things in there a lot of the time if you ever read on people's websites. <laughs> so it's a good thing to ask as many questions and not be worried about uh, whether or not you're going to offend somebody. It's better to know up front than afterward. Yes, Absolutely. So then tell me, as you have done this, what made you decide to break out on your own to leave, you know, the the industry working in the stores and, and do this as your own gig? I truly enjoyed working in stores. I liked the whole idea of not having to, you know, do my own marketing and things like that when I was younger. It was very nice to have Clients of mine already know me from working in stores for so long and kind of following me from store to store. That was nice. But over time, it got to the point where a lot of stores got more pressure for sales and things like that. And um, they wanted me to do more of event planning than the job that I was signed up to do, which was the personal shopping and working one-on-one -on -one with clients. And that's what I really love to do. And they really wanted me to do more event planning. And that's not what I wanted. I wanted to be a personal shopper. So it got to the point where I decided to just kind of leave and decide to go out on my own a little bit sooner than I originally planned. But it was just the perfect storm and perfect opportunity to just go do that. 
It's funny how many different entrepreneurs that I have been interviewing have kind of trigger point. There's, you know, something that all of a sudden says, okay, you know, I love this and I love this job, but things have changed around me and I know I can do it, but I've got to take the leap, you know, and, and it's not easy, you know, I, uh, taking the leap for any of us when you become your own boss is, is a, uh, is a huge jump, but it has some, some great upside potential to it as well. Yes, Absolutely. So tell me, when you think, this is uh, kind of just uh, taking it a little different direction. When you think of yourself as, you know, a customer, do you have any particular example of, you know, great customer service or a sales moment that you've been the recipient of that, you know, really shocked you and gave you a a great positive uh, memory? Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things is because I have worked in commission for so long through the years, I know how easy it is for a lot of people to uh, brush things off and to really use it more as a sales clerk experience because they feel that they want the easy sale to make the easy money, that kind of thing. And I've been very blown away in one or two situations where I know people who have gone out of their way to really take the time and take care of me and my clients when I have come in and asked for you know, a handful of items and made sure to go out of their way to get them for me while they're also helping other people as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think I saw that too when we were there that, you know, people were willing to aid you and be a part of what you were doing, which gave me an excellent experience. But yeah, it's also giving you a great one because it's making your job easier. Right, exactly. It's one of those things I have, they have seen me help my clients. And when I worked at these places, I always did them a favor, not expecting anything in return. And therefore, when I go there, they all have no problem helping me because I've helped them through the years. So it's kind of one of those things that's just automatic. Well, and it's very smart business too, because, um, you know, I'll just say the the only store we got to was Lord & Taylor. And frankly, I had to never, that point before, I'd never been in a Lord & Taylor store. And I had this one vision of what a Lord & Taylor was like that was quite different than when I got in there. It was, I think, I think I expected it to be very stuffy and I don't know why, I guess I just, the name seemed fantastic. Fancy to me. There's probably people listening going, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, I can't believe." <laughs> Most people think of it as the Fifth Avenue store from back in the day when they had the furs and everything yes. and all of that. That's all I was expecting. With, with your grandparents and stuff. That's what a lot of people think of. Yes, exactly. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking of, and and yet it was very approachable. And I've gone in a couple since we had that day, which. Um, it builds an opportunity for the brand, but it also builds for their store. And so I always try and say, you know, great, great experiences when you give them, they will always reap benefits for you. But sometimes it takes a little extra right here and right now to have a longer term payoff. And I think that's a really great point that you made that, you know, you have so many other pressures on you, especially in retail environment today, especially in malls today. We all know the struggles that, you know, brick and mortar and especially mall locations are facing. But to have people take that extra time with you, gives you an experience and gives me one as well and should pay off for them. Oh, yes, absolutely. I agree. Very good. So let's look backwards in time. And if you uh, had to look back on your uh, life and your career, and you could uh, tell the younger, uh, less experienced Gina something, you know, a piece of advice that would have shocked your potential farther and faster. You know, I always say it's kind of like, you know, we all know things that if we, and then we would, you know, be smarter, faster, farther ahead, whatever. But I really think about it in terms of um, 
gained knowledge, you know, so you could go back and tell something that would really make a difference for you, help you be, you know, more confident and help you, you know, move faster, farther, jump higher, run faster, whatever. What would, what would that be? Uh, my biggest thing would honestly tell myself to always go with your gut instinct because it's always right. That's what I have found. <laughs> I've had a lot of people say that. So what do you, what do you mean? Like if there was anything that I ever wanted to do, or if there was any opportunity that I felt was the right jump for me, or if I ever felt like I should go towards this person or pick up this item or whatever it is when I was working with a client, anytime I just didn't do it, it was a mistake. Anytime I just looked at something and thought, oh, it's not her size, but there's only one of it left. And I don't know, I just feel like I should grab it. I have had so many sales from just grabbing that one item that I don't know why, but I gravitated towards it, that it just fit the person for whatever reason. And there's a reason I gravitated towards it and things like that, as odd as that is, even if it's like an item or, you know, talking to someone, whatever it is, there's a reason I feel like I'm like gravitating towards that thing. I think that's great because many times we are, I don't know if it's because we're conditioned or we're just nervous or we're not as confident, uh, you know, at different parts in our lives and careers, but that self-doubt can really get in our way. Like you said, even if it's something simple like, well, I really think I should pull that dress and, and bring it in the dressing room, or I should go ahead and make, uh, you know, make a statement or a stand uh, for something in the workplace that I, you know, need for myself to to move farther. Yeah, absolutely. There was any time, whether it be for just, you know, saying something about an incident that happened between, I don't know, let's say a coworker, or let's say I wanted to just say something about I'd like to be considered for a promotion, or I wanted to, you know, talk to a certain client, or I wanted to be honest about, you know, something they're wearing or whatever it is. I feel like at the end of the day, it was always better to just go with my gut instinct and that it can't hurt to just do what I felt was the best. Yeah, I agree. There's some, there's some power that comes in that. Absolutely. So when you look at your business and where you are now, what's the greatest challenge that you're facing, facing, whether it's, you know, new clients or expansion or, you know, I I don't know, I don't want to put uh, words in your head, but, you know, what's the greatest challenge that you're facing right now that as you overcome it, it's going to shock your potential for your business farther and faster? My biggest struggle would probably have to be, uh, marketing as far as getting new clients, but not just getting new clients, but getting them to be recurring clients, not because they don't like me and don't want to return, but just because people get busy in their lives and things like that. And the service that I provide, it makes it so that they have to take a chunk of time out of their lives to really do it. And most of the women that I work with are working women. And so when they work with me, it's they have to take, you know, half a day off of work or they have to, you know, spend an entire night or a half a day. So it takes time to work with me. It's not just, you know, they pop in for a half hour. So it's something that has to be thought about in advance and we have to plan. Right. Absolutely. So how do you tackle that? I like to always just, you know, text my clients, email them every few months, uh, depending on uh, what type of my service they like. I know some of my clients use me only for special occasions, like weddings, things like that. 
Um, I know other clients of mine like to work with me to just update their wardrobe every few months for, you know, the workplace and for vacations and things like that. And other people use me to, you know, do closet cleanouts and other things. So depending on what they're using me for, or if there was someone that just used me for a one-time thing, and maybe I would check in a year later or something, it just varies on each person and what I knew they were using me for. Yeah, I, I can see that that would be a challenge. And I'm laughing because I'm thinking about myself because I've only used your services once. <laughs> so, and you haven't, uh, you're, you're going to have to get on my case. I think that's going to be, that's going to, in fact, I, I have an idea that I want to discuss with you at some point in time. Uh, because I, <laughs> I, try to go, I try to go out of my way to not, I'm very cautious about not harassing my clients because I do not want to be thought of as someone that's like, you know, talking to them every, you know, month being like, oh, are you ready to work with me again? That is not how I want to be thought of. That is not the angle I want to be. I rather talk to them a little bit less than too much. Mm -hmm. If anything, that's my personal opinion. And if that means I make a little bit less money in the beginning, so be it. I'd rather them feel a little more comfortable in reaching out to me than me reaching out to them too much and bothering them. So do you do, have you done anything that is any more, I guess, I want to use kind of the term traditional marketing, but what I mean is still specialized to your, to your clients. Have you ever done anything like maybe even had a newsletter for them or, you know, I don't even know if you have a Facebook page. I know your website because I have it up, Gina, Gina, the fashionista.com. But do you have something like that, that you have different kinds of touch points with your clients? No, I do. I mean, I do have a Facebook page. I do have an Instagram that is really just a part of who I am as a person, as well as my business, that I post my Mm -hmm. testimonials and I post some quotes every few weeks about, you know, fashion and stuff like that. But I don't like to take pictures of my clients. I like to keep them confidential. I don't like to, you know, take pictures of how they look before and after with my outfits on. That's just not how I like to do my Mm -hmm. business. It's more one-on-one and not as much of a showcase situation the way other people do things. So I don't do as much of with the pictures and that kind of thing as much as other people do. Have you ever considered, you know, having somebody, if they felt so compelled to send a picture and tag you in your social media? Oh yeah. I would do something like that if they wanted to, but I have no interest in asking my clients to like pose for a picture in a dressing room so I can post it. Like <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to pose in a dressing room. We all look like hell there. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> but I know, but I know many personal shoppers and I've seen there, they have like a handful of their clients, you know, like on their website, you know, all dressed up in their outfits and things like that. And I just don't want to do stuff like that. I feel like my clients that are happy and comfortable, they return to me, I work with them. And I don't want their pictures, you know, up on my website, like my testimonials speak for themselves, people can read them. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, I think it's a, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I'm, I'm finding it too, where I am with my business right now, because, uh, you know, nine months ago, or I guess getting close to a year ago, I was not on Twitter. My son thought that was hilarious that I'd never sent a tweet, but now it's part of my everyday. And I had not been on Instagram. And now I am working um, diligently to try and 
build followers, which is not as easy as it sounds, but how to tie it back in and make connections with, with other people to grow my business as well. It, it's a, it's a whole unique market. And so I've started to ask myself questions like, how can you leverage the great relationships that you already have? Or, you know, where I've done a, a speaking engagement where they're, they're thrilled and, you know, saying it's okay, show a picture of us, you know, because we had a great afternoon with you or, you know, those different elements that I think some people really do want to offer to you, but we don't always ask for them. So that's why I was thinking, you know, even if you had a special outfit that somebody you did for somebody for a wedding and they say, sure, you know what, I'll tell you what, I'm going to snap, have somebody snap a picture of this when I'm at the wedding, you know, and, and I'll pop and I'll, uh, I'll tag you in it. You know, those things that can help build that, that get some dynamic going. And, you know, it's the question of how you ask or if you ask, but if you would ask me something like that, I'd say, sure, you got it. Oh, yeah. And I have had clients do that before for me. Like I've had the, I had a recent client that had a wedding in Nigeria for one of her best friends that I helped her get all her clothing from not only, you know, the dresses to go out to her bathing suits to her outfits during the day. And she tagged me in all her pictures that she was dressed up in. So I recently had an experience like that where she tagged me in everything. Yeah, I think that's great because then you get, um, you know, you have the other leverage because a written testimonial is one thing, but, you know, pictures, I think we live so much in, in a picture society now, everybody, and everybody wants to be famous. <laughs> exactly. So um, as we get close to uh, the end here, you know, what would you want somebody to think about or consider if they're listening and go, hmm, I don't know, maybe I want to, maybe I want to try that, you know? What kind of advice would you give them to make that first effort to find a personal shopper? Um, I would tell anyone that looks in their closet and feels like they never know what looks good on them or they stand there and just look around and can never pick out what exactly they want to wear or feel like nothing in there ever looks good on them to hire a personal shopper because they should be able to look in their closet and just pick out whatever they feel like wearing that day and have it look good on them and feel confident in it. And that's, I think that's kind of the the dream, you know, it always, I used to love watching uh, what not to wear. <laughs> and I was always terrified that someday they'd show up wherever I was. <laughs> but one, uh, one of the reasons I think I always liked watching it and why I like looking at things on uh, Pinterest is that, you know, even with outfits, they're all put together, like all the pieces, everything looks good. I open up my closet and go, okay, well, I have those pants and I have those shirts and I think they're going to work together. And I think that's one of the next things I want to talk to you about is, you know, is really kind of compiling more because I think for most people, it doesn't come that easy that they open up their closet and say, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to wear and I know I'm going to look good in it. I think most of us still struggle with, oh God, I got a lot of stuff in there. I don't know how it goes together. And no matter what, today I'm going to feel fat. (laughs) That's why when I talk to a lot of my newest clients, They will talk to me about how, I don't know, they've gained weight or they've had a new job or whatever it is. They need clothes for different things in their life or change in their life. And the biggest thing that I'm known for more than anything else is I want to get my clients interchangeable looks. So I like to be able to get people multiple pants and shirts and sweaters and whatever you want to call it, all different things that can all mix and match together so that they feel and look good in everything and can use everything multiple times without feeling, I only can wear this shirt with this pair of pants and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. 
feel like that makes everyone feel like they get the most for their money and they look the best with everything. And I'll tell you what, uh, next time you work with me and we have something in the dressing room like we did last time that had two things of the same thing, but different colors. And I said, I love this one. I love it. I should buy them both. And I didn't. Next time I want you to kick me and say, remember, you need to buy them both. <laughs> that was my, that has still been my favorite sweater. And if I only, I was afraid to buy it in that uh, winter white, but if I would have bought it in winter white, I'd have so many more options. <laughs> but I will remember that in the future, but you still may have to kick me. Okay. Well, Gina, I'm so glad that uh, that you joined me today. I think it's really fun to talk about this because I do think that there are a lot of people that would think that this kind of service is out of reach for them. But um, to the point that you made earlier about the time that's involved to give time to go do this and meet you and, and um, try on clothes, the amount of time compared to what I would struggle with on my own is is vastly different. So yes, I had to give up several hours to go meet with you, but I walked out of there with 15, you know, dresses and outfits in a time that I maybe would have walked out with one. And I think that's something that people, you know, I want people to know and hear that that when when you met me, you already had 40 items sitting in a dressing room in Lord and Taylor, and you probably had 40 more sitting in two other stores I know that we never got to. And so there's something about looking at the value of time that uh, we don't always contemplate, you know, what, what we gain and what we lose depending on what we're trying to achieve. Right. And that's something I like to really do is, you know, if someone's coming to meet me at the mall, it's like if they're doing a whole wardrobe update, it's the most I'd like to have them there is, you know, two, three hours at the most. And if I'm cleaning out your entire closet, it's like the longest I'm there is three or four hours. Like I'm quick and I like to get you in and out and I want to make the most of your time and mine. I don't want it to be your entire day either. You know, I want it to work for both of us. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Well, any last words of wisdom or anything else you want to share with my listeners before we wrap up today? No, I just think that anyone that feels like they don't uh, feel good in what they already have and don't feel like they look good and feel good that they should consider looking into this kind of service because it really can be a win-win. If everything in your closet does not suit you right now, it really can't hurt to look into this kind of service for yourself. And I know that I found it very worthwhile and hopefully we will uh, convince a few other people to uh, make the uh, make the brave effort in it. So you guys can find out more about Gina the Fashionista, just like it sounds, at GinaTheFashionista.com. What's your um, Twitter handle or your Instagram handle or Twitter? Do you have them both? Uh, I don't do Twitter, but I have Instagram and Facebook. Okay. So they're both the same thing. It's still Gina the Fashionista. I keep it all the same. Very simple. Very good. I had to do it differently because I'd forgotten that I'd already signed on to one and had to make another one. So I had to make mine slightly different. <laughs> yes, I know I am a moron. And when my son listens to this podcast, he will laugh at me as well, but that's okay. <laughs> and I know we follow each other on, on Instagram. So at least I've got that going. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate having you as a guest today. And we look forward to uh, talking to you again in the future. Of course. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Learn more today about my book, Tell Me More, and about me at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. Make it a great day.